We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Well, we're dealing with kingdom culture, unpacking the honor code. We talked about what a code is, right? Part one. We talked about what honor is, the word kabed. Similar meaning to kabod. We talked about how, why, if God needs honor, why do we honor God? The fact that it is a communicable attribute of God, it establishes and showcases worth and value. It sets a precedence for others to understand your value system. I think what we just talked about also touches on that, doesn't it? Because people just know where your allegiance lies. Isn't that true? People will know where your allegiance lies. They will know that you should, don't come and mess around with this. Right? That's why when you were little, somebody can say your head is big and your, your, your nose is long. However, when they talk about your mother and father, fights don't start. Yeah, because that was a no-go area, you know. Yeah, those guaranteed fights. They're going to fight, you know. It sets a precedence for others to understand your value system. It attracts after its kind. It encapsulates our recognition and expression of Christ's finished work, the honor code. It went on to say in part two that Christ is our example, right? He's our code, demystified. He honored the Father. Yeah, John eight forty nine. the Father honored him, John 8, 54, 2 Peter 1, 17, and he advocated or he preached for honor for both himself and the Father. That's why someone cannot say, I, I, I worship God and I cannot worship Jesus. Remember we talked about that? Because God and the Father, God, the Father and the Son are one. Same substance, same person, same expression. And then Jesus honored his disciples in his life, in his giving, in his, in his life, in his service, in his giving, and his death, right? And, and his disciples honored him in life, in service, in giving, and in death. Then we started talking about three expressions of the honor code for the kingdom cultured people. And number one was honoring God. And we talked about it, honoring God with your heart, honoring God with your body, honoring God with your worship, honoring God with your devotion, Honoring God with your service, honoring God with your time, and honoring God with your substance. And we took time to talk about that. And so today we're going to go on to honoring the second expression of the honor code, which is honoring the saints. Honoring the saints and not Christians that have died. Saints are not Christians that have died and gone to paradise, or are even in heaven. Therefore, you can ask them to pray for you. And it's not enough that Jesus is praying for you. So saints, whenever you see saints in the New Testament, it is not referring to dead people. It's referring to people who are alive in Christ. I am a saint. Hey, yeah, yeah, you're talking like this. Is anybody a saint? Oh, yes, I am a saint. 
I am a saint because I am sanctified. I'm sanctified. That's what it means. I'm sanctified. Why you have issues? Yes, I have issues. I'm a saint with issues. My issues do not unsanctify me. Or make me to lose my sainthood. <laughs> my sanctity, as Adam said. I'm a saint. Paul addresses the Corinthians as saints. Romans 12. Help us tonight, Lord. <clears throat> Help us that the entrance of your word bring light, bring transformation, bring understanding. Honoring the saints. <coughs> you can interchange that with honoring each other. Honoring one another. Are we there? Romans 12. From verse 10 to verse 21. And this is God's word. We are a word abiding house, right? We are a house of a people for whom the word of God alone is sufficient. We know that in this house for every life question, there's a word answer. So the best that God can do, if God will help a man, he will send him his word. When we read God's word, it is the final authority of all things. Our opinions in this house don't count when it has to do with the word of God. Our feelings don't count. Our traditions don't count. Thankfully, in this house, we don't have a denomination. It doesn't count. When it comes to the word of God, the word of God itself is final authority. Therefore, if we receive the word of God, the engrafted word or the implanted word, if we receive that word, it's able to build us up. And when we be rooted and grounded in love, right? The word of God. Now, if the word of God is released and you don't receive it and do business with it, nothing else on earth can help you. Are you listening to me? Now, whether you like it or not, the word of God works. Right? The word works. If you apply it, it works. It works more than anything else ever does. So with that backdrop, as we go through this Kingdom Culture series, as we read scriptures, let the scriptures come alive in your heart. Is that alright? Give, give space for the scripture. Give space. Allow the scripture to enable you see yourself in it. Because when you can see yourself in it, then you can continue in it. He that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein Right? He who is a hearer and doer of the work. Not word. If you pay close attention. It doesn't say he does a hearer and doer of the word. Hearer, only deceiving yourself, deceiving yourself, but hearer and doer of the work. The same shall be blessed in whatever he does. So as we listen to the word, so when we come to reading God's word, nothing you do in life can be more serious than looking into the word of God. Nothing. 
if you are if you are a tailor, the precision with which you thread that needle and the precision with which you achieve a straight line is nothing close to the precision that is expected of you when reading the word of God. Did you hear what I said? If you are a caterer, the precision which you measure your spices or a, or a baker measure this, how many eggs, how many spoonfuls of oil, how many uh, ounces of yeast, how many ounces, how many ounces of nutmeg and whatever. All of that stuff is nothing compared to how much precision you should apply to the word. If you are excelling in school, in your academics, and you're not prospering in the word, you are failing in life. I'm not saying you should spend two hours a day reading the word. In fact, don't give yourself a time frame for reading the word. Right? Don't do it. It's religion that did that. You must pray for one hour. No, you mustn't. There's no way it says that. You must pray in the morning. You mustn't. There's no way it says that. You must pray at night before you sleep. You mustn't. There's no way it says that. You must pray for your food before you eat. You mustn't. There's no way it says that. You must have to pray before you preach the word. You mustn't. There's no way it says that. You must open the service with a prayer. You mustn't. There's no way it says that. You must close the service with the grace. Well, share it. There's no way that it says that. What matters is that you act on the word as you are led. Case in point, when have you seen Holy Spirit breaking out on midday way? If you had the more sessions yesterday. Made away. Made away. In between testimony service. Made away. People are shouting and celebrating and God says, speak in tongues right here, right here. It was a window that God opened. <laughs> you were there yesterday? It's a window. And everything else fades in comparison. And we lock into it and we juice it. Because it's at those moments that eternity brings to bear upon time. Are you following me? At those moments you pipe straight from heaven what is happening at the right hand of the Father into the earth. Does that make sense? The Spirit of God opens us to pick the frequency at which God is transmitting. You instantly hear God's iPod. Plug your headphones in and you download it in the earth. We are heaven touching earth. And we do, it doesn't have to make sense. You do it. What matters is that we're operating by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Earlier in the meeting, I said, those of you that were there, I said in this one more sessions, we don't change song because you don't like it. Yes. We don't change song because you don't like it. It's not working, we change it. No, no, no. It is him that is working, not you. So calm down. Calm down. Enjoy the service. Let him do what he's doing. Ah, we're not shouting today. Calm down. You're not the Holy Spirit. We're shouting too much today. Calm down. You're not the Holy Spirit. We're talking too much today. Calm down. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. So when we receive the Word of God, the most important way to receive the Word of God is by 
the Spirit of God. Do we understand that? On that basis, let's go into the Word. Romans 12, verse 10. Actually, let's start from verse 9, just for emphasis. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now, this, in my Bible, this section is titled Kingdom Culture. I've gone through my Bible in the New Testament and I've marked all the areas that talks about the kingdom culture. Because when you read that, then you realize, I was sharing with someone yesterday. Was it yesterday? Or day before yesterday? And I said, I think it was Lady Choice answering the question. I think it was on Sunday. That was yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday. Or day before yesterday. Day before yesterday. Two days ago. And I said, the thing we're struggling with culture. Listen, if I respect an elder now, it's not because my biological father taught me to. It's because the word says to. Before I got born again, I respected elders. Because my parents raised me to respect elders. Because our human culture trains us to respect elders. At the moment I get born again, I stop respecting elders because of culture and my parents. I start respecting elders because the word says to do so. I was a philanthropist or I was a benevolent guy before I got born again. I get born again. I've always been a giver. No, you have never been a giver because you never existed. What's wrong with you? Even before I became a Christian, I always used to give. No. You never used to give because you never existed before you got born again. So you start to give because you have a new tradition that is teaching you how to give. Is this making sense? You forgive not because to forgive is human, to err is human, to forgive is divine. No, no, that's what culture has taught you. You forgive because it is a kingdom culture to forgive. That's why I said on Facebook a while ago that the gospel comes along with it a resultant culture. It is a replacement culture that replaces everything you ever knew from wherever you are from. Our people say, no, you don't preach the gospel with our people say. Because now the only people that are is us, who were not a people, but have now become his people. Am I making sense? Now, when you begin to read scripture, you realize that there is no life question for which there is no word answer. None. 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 We don't need to borrow from Proverbs of our people, our people's wise sayings. You didn't kneel down to greet me. Why? Did traditional teach you to kneel down? Oh, no. I will respect you. I give you honor. Double if you're a preacher and teacher of the word. We're doing honor code, right? Let's read some Bible. From verse 10. Let's go from 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor or stay away from what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, in what? In what? In what? What does your translation say, Caleb? Take the light in honoring each other. What does the NIV say, Victoria? Who else has NIV? You don't have your Bible. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Is this already sinking home for somebody? Any other translation? 
in honor, giving preference. That's a hard saying. But if you all practiced it, that's the honor code. It means I don't have to worry about myself and worry in the context of be concerned about my own needs because I have you there to worry about my needs for me. And you don't have to worry about yourself because you have me to worry about your needs for you. Does that make sense? But it's beautiful that you give preference to somebody who in turn gives preference to you. And church becomes church. I'll gladly let go of what I have because I know somebody will look after me. I am not afraid of an empty wallet. Those of you who are close to me know. Some of you now begin to feel sorry for me like James. Like, ah, pastor. Is that the last one? <laughs> Leave it inside. Your own brother or sister that don't care if he's the last one. You will still come and take it. So just take it already and enjoy yourself. I'm not afraid of an empty wallet because I don't need a wallet full for my needs to be met. I don't. I don't need a wallet full full for my needs to be met. I don't. I, I labor over someone in a particular dimension and either they or somebody else who God will bug with my issue will labor over me with something in another dimension. Am I making sense? That is the honor code. That's the honor code. Many times I've sneaked out at the more sessions, at the Award in Life, and gone to arrange all your shoes. Has any, only very few people have ever noticed that you leave your shoes looking like a bale of where they sell okrika. How many of you have noticed, honestly, from the former house to here? And then you go out and your shoes are nice and tidy. And you wonder who? It's your pastor. Those days I would call Esther out in the old house because that one was outside in the public. And I'm thinking, no, now. So we start to arrange them orderly as well. Some pairs won't fit next to some other pairs. And I will take my time. You guys are doing what the Lord's saying. And I'll arrange the pairs in a nice symmetric order. So it's pleasing to the eyes. Now, I came in this evening and somebody arranged the shoes. Somebody has picked up that honor code today. And I started looking for a way to pack my own slippers to follow the honor code. But somebody has picked it. Does that make sense? In honor, giving preference to one another. I'm fussing over somebody eating. Somebody's fussing over me eating at the same time. I'm thinking about somebody buys me chicken. I love my chicken. Yeah? Chickens are not safe around me. Just know that now. Just know that. Just know that. Just know it. Chickens, fowls, cocks, hens. I don't care. <laughs> Any brand, bro. Any model, bro. Partridge. In the pear tree. (laughs) 
I'm not sure of that brand, man. But, <laughs> but ain't no chicken safe around me. Ain't no chicken safe around me. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ain't no chicken safe around me. Somebody just got a rema now. Like been wondering, oh, I, I can bless my pastor with bring it on. That's not the devil speaking to you. It's not the devil speaking to you. Trust me and the devil. So somebody's wor- worrying about me and somebody buys me pepper chicken with her last money. I know this is the same person I'm going to send to school in the morning. I'm going to pay the person's transport. Do you understand what I'm saying? I will pay the person's transport. Recharge the person's phone. By the time I finish calculating how much I spent on the person, I'm like, this person has cheated me with chicken. Seven fifty for the one corner of chicken, you know. (laughs) By the time I calculate, I'm like, man, but it's a cycle. That never ends. He that watereth himself shall be watered. The liberal soul shall be made fat. There is he that scattereth abroad and cometh into plenty. There is he that withholds even what is due and tendeth to poverty. It's your Bible. It's the honor code. So it doesn't matter how you look at the honor code, it boils down to giving. Have you realized? Even of God, he gave himself, gave his life, gave his blood. You cannot talk about the honor code without it zeroing down to giving. Your time, your devotion, your resources. In honor, preferring others above yourself. Giving preference to one another. Giving preference. To one another. Not lagging in diligence, 11. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints. They couldn't be dead. Right? So who are the saints? Believers. Right? Fellow believers. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Giving disposed to hospitality. Giving disposed to hospitality. How many of you there's people that we never know when they have money? They look miserable, so you don't ask them for the money. They look very miserable, look very miserable. We look at them, we feel like giving them 15 naira. Meanwhile, they just hammered. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you are like that? The Lord is working on you now. It's okay, lift, lift your head. Nobody will lift your head. <laughs> How many of you were like that? Never used to give. Anybody else wants to honor, honor God now and, and, and confess that they never used to, Ephraim, you see? Yeah, any, any, any ex-stingy people here? Sisters, come on, say the truth now. 
You not say the truth now. Ex stingy people. How about ex greedy people? Giving to hospitality. It becomes your nature, not second nature, as the world says. Your nature. The first nature to be hospitably disposed to people. Hospitably disposed. When Dorcas died, her testimony was that there was no life living in her vicinity that she had not touched in Joppa. None. They all came and said, look what she did. Look what she did. Look, and Peter was moved with compassion. She was given to hospitality. And somehow or the other in scripture, you find that hospitality, a disposition of hospitality, always triggers the miraculous. Always. Oh, I, don't, I don't understand it. But every time a disposition of hospitality always triggers the miraculous. Hebrews says in the New Testament, be careful how you treat strangers, for in so doing, some of you have entertained angels. Every time you do something, you are giving to hospitality, it triggers the miraculous. Every time. If you just did something, you went out of your way to do something, I am telling you now prophetically, you just set yourself up for the miraculous. You don't have to say amen. The woman saw that she perceived that he was a prophet. She built a room upstairs, put a chair, a table, a lamp, a bed. And the guy said, wait, wait, wait what's, what's going on here? There's no cry of a baby. She said, prophet, please, don't come and start. No, God, just leave us as we is. And he said, no, but according to the time of life, next year, we shall have a child. Every time you see a person given to hospitality, it's Abigail when David was a fugitive. And her husband was a rascal. She honored him, gave her, and it triggered something. Every time. Anyone who is given to hospitality triggers the miraculous. Lot entertains those two angels. Same thing. Abraham as well. The Lord came to visit him. We were talking about it the other day, Daniel. The Lord came. Jesus came to visit Abraham in the flesh. Abraham cooked for him, he ate. Jesus came to visit Mano, Samson's father. Samson said, if it's you, wait for me. Let me go and prepare a sacrifice. He came. The Lord consumed it with fire. Samson came for. Every time you see a disposition. And that is not the reason why we do it. It's a fringe benefit for doing it. We do it because it's the honor code. He that gives a prophet a cup of water in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. So you don't need to be a prophet to receive a prophet's reward. You just need to honor a prophet as a prophet. So you can sit down as you and be chopping the reward of a prophet. Chopping the reward of a servant of God. By honoring him as a servant of God. He that gives a cup of water to a prophet in the name, in recognition, in honor that he is a prophet, shall receive a reward that is due to a prophet. So honor bridges the gap in in the reward system. Let me borrow a set of words. In the reward value chain. Honor bridges the gap. In the value chain of reward. 
in honor, giving preference to one another. Can we go on? Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Wow. Bless and do not curse. How much more tell them to fall down and die? Bless them and do not curse. 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I've told people all the time, somebody dies and you're telling them, listen, the most anointing you can do to somebody who just lost somebody is to tell them, don't cry now. What's wrong with you? If, you do, if you're not going to cry with them, allow them to cry. Paul doesn't say we shouldn't cry. First Thessalonians 4. So just don't, if a person is a believer, don't cry without a hope. Does that make sense? They've actually been glorified before you. So we don't cry without a hope. We don't mourn without a hope. But we mourn with them that mourn. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Listen. Can you now see why I told you to be open-minded about receiving the word of God? Because this, this is not easy stuff. But picture a church where we are all of the same mind towards one another. A church where Samuel cannot get up and go and speak to David about wisdom. That's honor. That's honor. A church where if you try it, I will pick the phone. Wisdom. David is here with me. He said he had a problem with you. And perhaps he had tried to speak to you about it and you couldn't, he couldn't reach you. So I'm trying to bridge this gap now. That's church. That's honor. Anything less than that is witchcraft. And this is going back to answer some of the things we, t- we talked about in, in the early part of the meeting. It's the honor code. Somebody will talk to you about something and then you judge the person. You change your actions towards the person and the person does not know why. Because somebody told you something. You answered the matter before you heard it. And by the time you even come around to, de- to delivering or dealing with the issue, a deep-seated resentment has taken root in your heart that even when you uncover the truth, you cannot dislodge it. So it tampers with the relationship almost forever. Who has encountered what I'm talking about? You heard something, you changed quickly. And by the time you got to the root of it, ah, it's all cool, but something has been messed up. You begin to struggle. Both parties know it's cool, but both parties know it's not the same. The honor code. You hear something, first of all, you shut down what you're hearing because of the honor code. Two, you make sure that that doesn't perpetuate itself. Three, you deal with it. You let the person know, listen, I need to talk to you about this. Before that, you let the person know, if you came to me to tell me about wisdom. I am, did you come to me to tell me because you tried to reach wisdom? You couldn't reach him because I'm going to tell wisdom. And I'm not going to tell wisdom somebody said. That is gossip. Okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody said, if you come to me as a family member to address an issue concerning me and you maintain the anonymity of the person, you are not working in our interest. It's gossip. It's gossip. You tell the person that's telling you already that the only reason I'm going to listen to you is because I want to assume you have tried to speak to this person yourself. That's what Jesus said. And you couldn't reach the person or the person rebuffed you. And so because of that, 
you are coming to me. That's the, that's the chain of honor that Jesus lays down. Remember? If you speak to someone, he doesn't listen. You go with one or two witnesses and then take elders of the church and then you throw the person out. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the chain. So, you let, so I'm going to let wisdom know that you came to me because you couldn't reach wisdom. Are you happy to proceed? No. <laughs> I was only saying no because, you know, that's how gossip always goes. True or false? No, I was only... Ah, no, me, what's my own? No, I was just... Then, then, then they go and look. Gossip only thrives around weaklings. That's the truth. Gossip thrives around weaklings, people who are too weak to put their foot down and say, I will not allow this. I will not indulge this nonsense. Because gossip, gossipers are always looking for the weakest link to sow the seed. Because they know once they sow the seed, that's all they need to do. A man planted wheat, and when men slept, remember that parable? The enemy came and sowed taunt. When men slept, come in the morning and sow it, and sow it. That's the importance of that parable. Ah, did you get it? Come in the afternoon when there are workers in the vineyard. Come and sow the thorns. No, you won't do it. When men slept at their weakest, at their most vulnerable point, at the point of least defense, you come and sow it. That's why people are watching you and they try to time when to take you out. They try to time where you are at your highest in their opinion. Then they shoot. They don't try to take you out when you're small. They don't try to take out the relationship when it's just starting. They don't have a problem with it starting. They begin to have a problem when it it begins to look like it's getting serious. Talk to me if you've been in a relationship with me, especially between guys and ladies. And we start to bring out and weaponize stuff to destroy something. Because we don't know the honor code. So when scripture says these things, and says, be of the same mind. In other words, what I will not have somebody do to me, it shouldn't cross my mind to do to another. That's what Jesus died for. Is this making sense to anybody? No. And that's Christianity. We don't want to, def- we don't want to be defrauded. We don't like to lose money. But we want to defraud somebody else of money. Somebody does, you, you agree to do something for a particular fee. And it's, it's done, it's finished. And then the person shortchanges you. That's a Laban spirit. Laban changed Jacob's salary 10 times. And it wasn't an upward review. It was a downward review every time, 10 times. Remember when Jacob told him, 10 times have you shortchanged me? The Laban spirit, you agree for something for 20,000. It's time to pay the person and pays. 18,000 tests, you manage it. But you need to agree on that initially. And it's Christians that do that all the time. It's Christians. Come out and say, this is what I'm able to do. Give me, either accept it or give me time to make it up. It's fine. It's okay. Don't make a promise you can't keep. Be of the same mind, the Bible says, to one another. Be of the same mind mind towards one another. Do you understand? Be of the same mind. So what I will not want someone to do to me, 
I should not be found doing to someone else, especially in the household of God. I've said it over and over. The safest place to be yourself should be in your father's house. The safest place to be yourself is, is church. Safest place. If you need to think about, oh, how I'm looking, what I'm wearing, um, how, then you are not in a family of believers. How I sound when I talk, my accent, what they would make of me. Will I make sense? You're not in a family of believers. If you're in a family of believers and we don't encourage your individuality while enjoying our corporateness, you're not in a family of believers. Is anybody getting this? Be of the same mind towards one another. Be of the same mind. Make somebody else's growth your own. Make somebody else's worry your own. Some people hear that there's a need. You don't bother yourself. Just, just don't worry about it. Three, four, five people step up to it. And I've always said that if you're honestly in the, in the family of believers, you, you can never say you don't have to give. It is by the measure that every joint supplies. Everyone gives as they're able. But you cannot be in a house and a need is met and you don't respond to it. You don't bother about it. You don't even send a message to say, okay, I, I don't have one. But, but if you had a toothache, you would borrow money from your office to go and buy medication. Talk to me now. You borrow money from your neighbor if you run out of what well, units or petrol. As you tell the black market guy to give you, you give him at the end of the week. But church can suffer for all you care. They can't stay in the dark for all you care. It's not your business. Uh, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Nobody is taking responsibility. Be of the same mind towards one another. It is the honor code. Today I saw two people go out to go and bring a, a bag of water. I said, yes, awesome. Good stuff. And it makes all the difference. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It makes all the difference. Esteem each other above each other. Simple stuff. Simple stuff. There's people that call me because they know that they can count on me to do stuff for them. And I will. Honor. That's why God is qualifying us for certain levels of access. Not just of resources, but also of understanding of this word. Because there are certain things that is not a door of money that will open. Certain things that is an understanding of this word that will open for me. Do you understand? It's access of this word that will give us. And so God sees us as qualified to be custodians of the word. Because of how we pour ourselves out. How we pour ourselves out. Be of the same mind. I can't finish this today. It doesn't look like I can. Uh, I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to rush it. We have the same mind towards one another. On, on, is this changing anybody's mindset? Yes. We have the same mind towards one another. My heading in the New King James from verse 9 is actually titled, Behave Like a Christian. In my Bible. 
behave like a Christian. And this is where the church has missed it. We do rabababae, rabababa masatabae. We speak in tongues. We twirl in the Holy Spirit. We, we jump and dance. We blast the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We, we smoke him. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's how somebody described the, that scripture in Hebrews. That say God is a consuming fire. <laughs> yeah, one prophet. <laughs> God used to, used to consume fire. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so we can do all of that. Consume fire. Blast the Holy Ghost. And yet be empty and of no substance. There's no weight in the spirit. So when you, when you give a command... The atmosphere doesn't respond because you don't have weight in the spirit. And that weight is established by the kingdom culture. Does that make sense? You don't have any weight. You don't displace atmospheres. You don't shift anything. You don't shift anything. So this is the crux of being a believer. This is, this is as practical as it gets. As practical as it gets. So you begin to be convicted of stuff. Begin to remember stuff that you said to someone you shouldn't have said in the house. Begin to be convicted of stuff that you shouldn't have said that you said. Stuff you shouldn't have said that you said. And stuff that you said that you shouldn't have said. And you begin to make amends. And begin to see people differently. See them as Christ sees them. And Christ sees them as him. Do you understand? That's why I, I never dishonor anyone. I never dishonor anyone. We treat each other with honor. I never dishonor anybody. That's what Mary unlocked in John chapter 2. Honor. You won't treat people anyhow. Especially of the same family. You won't. We don't have to look like where we're going for you to honor us. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? We don't have to. Honor someone. Don't see people and just mess with them and, and slap them and then tickle them. and do, Honor. Don't let honor go off your eyes in your relationship with everybody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't let honor sleep. That's what the cross paid for. You treat people with honor. Don't say stuff that when they go home, they are hurting because you just threw words at them. We all learn at different paces, for instance. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Stay with me. Learn discipline. We learn at different paces. What somebody grasps once, somebody else might take five times to grasp. If you're a parent, you know that all your children learn at different paces. So you adapt to each person's pace. As a pastor, people relate with me at different paces. People come to me directly because they feel like, yeah, I have a right to speak to my pastor. Others will come by proxy because if, just like we cannot worship God directly, we're waiting for someone to lead us there. But we all have access. Some people take longer to approach me to have a meeting. Others feel sorry for me that I'm too tired and I'm too busy, you know, and they don't want to disturb me. Others know that this is what God has placed this man there for. And what you demand is what you get. 
Does that make sense? What you pull is what you get. I'm not going to try and pastor you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I'm not going to try and lead you. I'm not going to try and be there for you. I'm just here. But we don't dishonor people. We adapt at their different levels. People ask a question and it's stupid. But we answer in honor and in love because what you treasure most is what it took you ages to learn. That thing that you struggle to wrap your head around, when you finally grasp it, nobody can shake you away from it. Nobody can shake you away from it. That's the honor code. So we're looking at people, the way Christ looked at them. And Christ stooped to everybody's level. There was nobody that he alienated. Nobody, not even children. Somebody was a blessing to you. Let them know. Are you following me? Somebody spoke a word, even in word and life. Let them know. Show them honor. Because in doing that, we are living the Christ life on the earth. I said to you on Friday, it's last week, right? Last week, Friday. And I'll end with this. That when a word comes like this, it is not a process. It's a decision. We don't decide we need time to activate what the word has said. We just do it. Does that make sense? So just leave tonight. Read that scripture again, Romans 12. Romans 9 to verse 21, that's the end of that chapter. And determine I'm going to practice this. Make amends tonight. There are people in this house, right? Before you walk out that door, you need to speak to somebody else in this house. Do it tonight. There's grace for that. Are you listening to me? Even if it takes time, do it. There's grace. Correct impressions. Mend bridges. Then we are living the way Christ ordained for us to live. Imagine a church where we are all of the same mind. I think this is a good time to just pray. Yeah, just, just pray. If you want to close your eyes, close your eyes. If you want to keep them open. But just pray. And activate the grace that you already have to be kingdom cultured. Activate the grace you already have to be word abiding. The grace you already have to to practice the honor code. This is practical Christianity. Whatever we're doing, if we haven't learned this, whatever we're doing is, is nonsense. Honestly. Whatever we're doing is nonsense. If we can't practice this among ourselves, sister to sister, sister to brother, brother to brother, honoring the saints, honoring one another, giving preference to one another, esteeming the other person, Above yourself, prioritizing the needs of the other person. Make a decision, make a declaration that I'm going to be kingdom cultured. I'm going to live by the honor code. I'm going to honor the saints as Christ honored the saints, as Christ honored me. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, 
please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.